Yeah. All right. So, yeah. um, <laughs> thank you all for tuning in. This is the first episode of Young, Black, and Liddy. I am one of your co-hosts, Rachel C., and I'm here with my other co-host, Danielle C. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, before we get started on the first episode, I would just like to, you know, do a little background on both of us. So, Danielle, you, you go ahead and start. My name is Danielle. I'm from Queens, New York. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 26. Oh my gosh. Where am I patrol? I don't know, sis. That sounds crazy enough to say. Um, I'm just like a working black millennial trying to make it in this society that's really not set up for sis. But I'm here trying. So that's really the most, that's really the gist of me, pretty much. Rachel. Okay, so I'm Rachel C. I am 27 years old. Oof. <laughs> Danielle is my niece. Everybody swears we're cousins. Like, they literally be like, oh, that's your cousin of Danielle? Nah, bro, I told you that's my niece. That's Yo, like that's the crazy. most annoying thing ever. Like, like, and then we have to legit explain how we're aunt and niece, and it's like, a whole issue so i'm not gonna lie the last few people who be like oh your cousin danielle like oh yeah my cousin like oh yeah that's sis i just let him rock that's it i'm like oh yeah cousin (laughs) i'm 27 i'm danielle's on um i'm a mother of one i work i go to school all that good stuff um but for the most part just like danielle young black and litty Millennials just trying to make it work in this world that it ain't it ain't it ain't set up for me to work in, but we got this. Especially we, in New York. For real. Like it really makes absolutely no sense why you Ooh, should this be a lot paying. of patrol. Oof. I didn't even put a mixer in mine. Oh you're gonna be bent bent. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be bent bent. It's Friday, it's Friday. You got a whole job tomorrow. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I don't. It's just it doesn't make any sense why it's like twenty three hundred to three thousand for like a one bedroom. Facts. Like, and you really gotta think about it. Like, let's say like it. That's literally forced you to be in a relationship because the average person, the medium income in New York is probably like fifty five, sixty thousand. Bro, I think all right, I think like, you're dragging. And that it. might I'm be think, a little more. You're right? dragging that it. It's about to calm thirty. Let's take it down a notch. So if that's the case, like you making thirty thousand dollars a year, how are you affording twenty three hundred dollars of rent? Right. So you gotta have somebody because then at least if they making thirty, that's sixty thousand. I mean, that's still all y'all checks, but, you know. At least y'all broke together. Right. <laughs> you got somebody. That's it. But you got a whole bunch of people in New York City that got no business being together, but they together because they got all these damn bills. Like, how I'm going to have a roof over my head by myself? It's not happening. So, guess what? Oh, you got a job? I got a job? Let's do this. And it, it literally is no longer like a relationship. It's literally a partnership. That's like, it. We got to get through this together because I'm not trying to get evicted. Like, I just feel like sometimes it's literally impossible to make it in New York. Right. And I really am so conflicted because I'll be like, oh, I want to leave New York. 
But then it's like, there literally is no place like New York. And then sometimes I'm like, I'll just get a really good job and suck it up. And I'll pay, I'll pay the 2000 and rent. But then I'm like, yo, Like, when I'm, when I'm in New York, I hate New York all day. Like, all day I hate New York when I'm in New York. But let me leave this state for two seconds. I'm like, oh, y'all nothing like New York. I don't know what New York about. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Tim's and ACGs and, and, and chopped cheese all day. Like, y'all have no idea what we're talking about. Yo, Fuck out of here. better than everybody. Everybody. Like, look at these peasants in this other state. Like, like yo, you go to Jersey and you like, oh, nah, I need to go right. back to New York because right. y'all are fucking right now. That's just how it is. So it's like I would love, like I wouldn't, I want to have a house and picket fence and all that stuff. But it ain't happening here. But at the same time, it's like I want to raise my child here. I was raised here. I like like that New York mentality. It's just like nobody can get over you on you when you right. got that New York mentality. Like, there's people across the world I talk to, across across the country that I talk to, and it's just like the stuff the stuff that they be falling for. You just be like, oh my god! Like somebody called you and told you, oh miss, if you just go put. $5,000 on this green dot card and send it to right. me? We lit. Like, and they be like, really, sir? Okay, but like, nope. you call somebody from New York, like, you call my phone with that. I'm banging on you, like, oh, you're bugging. I'm not, like, I'm not sending you anything. First Goodbye. All, I'm dipping my car to get a Metro car. I'm tugging <laughs> the way you dip your car. Like, is this a fake? Like, I'm not about to catch you. Yo, I'm at every ATM. Like, yo, any ATM. I know people think I am insane because I be see me tugging the shit out of that. <laughs> like not me. Be looking at the keys like this glue residue. I he fake numbers. Y'all not about like, to catch yo, if me. That shit jiggles two centimeters. I'm off this. Taking my card out. I'm out. I'm going to the bank. Y'all are bugging out right I'm already now. Already ordering a new car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I need a new car. I need a new CVV. I need new everything. Last four. I need everything. I'm I need the new security everything. Car. I didn't do everything. They got me. They compromised me. My car is compromised. I gotta go. Facts. Craziness. No, it's just, it's really, like, it's crazy. Because I feel like New York, like, it prepares you not, like, if you went to school, that's great. Like, you're going to be book smart. But no matter what, no matter how educated you are, you're going to be street smart if you lived in New York. Feel right. like you do not get that in any other place, and then it's just also like the money, like you know, like our minimum wage about to go up to fifteen dollars an hour, which might be a good thing or might be a bad thing depending where you are. In your bod, it's a bod team, you know. But it, you gotta, you know, you gotta think about it. Like for a minimum wage to be that high. And then I look at Jersey, which is like a 20-minute drive. Minimum wage is $9. And it's just like, wow, if I just moved <laughs> 20 minutes away, like, you know, you got to put that into perspective. If your minimum wage is $9 an hour, an average salary job is probably not paying what New York is giving. But people don't understand is that... People will live in Jersey but, but work here. But the problem right. is that people don't understand when the... When the minimum wage goes up, of course, the living goes up. Right. So if everybody who thinks, like, oh, you still going to be getting a gallon of milk for $4, I got another fucking thing to tell you. Like, yeah, the minimum wage will be $15. I promise you, next time you're going to go, yo, ah, let me get a gallon of milk. $8, please. Like, you're going to be tight. Everything goes up. So people First, need to take that into housing. account as well. Yo. <laughs> you're never going to be able to. 
I would never leave because that's the only place I got me. Like I got them. That's sick. Got my back like my back got me. Like you're never gonna leave. So it's just like honestly, sometimes when I think about it, I love New York. I love where I'm from, but sometimes I, it's like a trap. Like I'm not gonna lie, it's legit. A, like quicksand. Like you would be right. trying to get out, and that shit just pulls you down quicker and quicker and quicker. And it's just like and the rent just goes up that's and it. up and up like. I don't. I don't even know the last time I met someone that told me like their rent is stabilized. Like, even if you live in the projects, your rent not stabilized because maybe you make some more money, your rent's going up. So it's like, like yeah, don't get me wrong, what you're paying is below market value, but I promise you, it's not what you think is gonna be. Like right. people thinking, oh, I'm gonna move into a house and my rent's gonna be like five hundred dollars. Nah, sis, if you're making forty thousand, guess what? Your rent is over a hundred, uh, uh, over thousand dollars. Period. Like that's just. Period. And this is for one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom, don't matter. People be thinking, oh, you got a good, you live in a house in? Not quite. Like, you're paying probably, like, Riverdale, Washington Heights prices to live in the P's. Like, and then, to be honest, like, I see people picking in this whole, you know, Amazon thing. And some people were on, you know, the fence about it. They're like, oh, you know, it's going to be good because it's going to bring jobs to the community. But at the same time... All that's going to do. I feel like the, the office jobs are not going to be to us. They're going to be the implant, the out, the transplants who come from Ohio and Oklahoma. The menial fifteen dollars an hour jobs might go to the people in the hood or you know Maria. But other than that, it's not going to like you know the, the good the good up the good up jobs not going to us. So and then all that's going to do is raise the market value because. Not only is the market value going to be raised, look at the transportation. Transportation now, if you live in the Long Island City, Astoria area, y'all know what we're talking about. The 7 train, the N train, the Q train, the F train. It's like India when they jumping on the trains and holding (laughs) on for dear life. And it's 3,000 people on a train that fits two. Honestly, (laughs) I'm not with it. Like It's bad now. I can only imagine when this damn warehouse comes and people are going to be moving and they building all these all these buildings around the area and it's literally for those people who are going to be coming in from butt fucking mexico talking about i'm coming here to take this job like trust me the jobs the good jobs are not going to the people in the neighborhood period no and the tax breaks that they're giving amazon it's to ridiculous. be here is insane absolutely insane it's not even like even if you move here there's not even enough schools in Long Island City. In this. That, in that whole area alone, it's one middle school. One middle school. I don't even know of an elementary, but it's one middle school, one high school. It, it might be two. I don't know. Don't quote me. But with that being said, you got 25,000 people that will be moving to that area. Like, So there's not even enough schools. And then on top of that, they was talking, they said something on the news, like, the jobs, they're going to start hiring next year. But in 2020, they're going to do, like, a whole program, like a resume building program with NYCHA so that the residents get in. You tell me you're hiring in 2019, why is it a whole nother year? So they can get their foot in the door. Yo. And they've been here first. Are you like, serious? Do you know how crazy that sounds? I didn't even know that. I looked at my TV like, huh? <laughs> like, That's why I tell everybody de Blasio is a whole fucking joke. Like, his answer to a lot of the problems that we have in this city are no answers. Like, it's pointing the finger. Like, even when it was like the summer of hell and 
Cuomo was pointing the finger at de Blasio. De Blasio was pointing the finger at Cuomo. It's like nobody wants to take responsibility. Like, his answer for affordable housing, real affordable housing, is turning these fucking hotels into shelters. Why do I have to live? I'm lower middle class. Why do I have to live in the same facility as criminals and domestic violence victims? Why do I have to? Like, I'm not a domestic violence victim. I'm not a criminal. Why do I have to share a, a space with these people? Why is that your well, answer? Right. Like, why is like <laughs> why is this your answer to helping us? You know, have a roof over our heads. It, it's it's honestly it's not right. And I feel like this man has sold the city. Like, to be honest, Bloomberg sold the city. The city's been sold since Bloomberg. Let's right. let's talk about it. De Blasio can't do nothing about it. But I feel like he, he could put certain things in place to slow it down. Certain things in place to really help the low-income people of this city. And the, and the thing about New York is the majority of people in New York are not the one percenters. It's like, not. It is that low-income, middle-income. Those are the majority of the people in New York. And it's just like, I just feel like... But like, what, what, what would you... So, to my question to you about that is, what do you consider low and middle class? Because I had a conversation with somebody else okay. who said, question. how do you feel about middle class people and then mentioned private school? When I think of mi- middle, middle class, I don't think of private school. When I think of private school, I'm thinking of 1%. But this person, we're I, having a conversation mm-hmm. and she's talking about middle class and says private school. How I do you feel about I that? I could see someone saying middle class is private school. Because, all right, let's let's just like make it. Not saying this is like true to scale, but let's just make a generalization. Okay. Let's just say six figures is going to be considered upper middle class. Okay. Let's say sixty thousand is going to be middle class, and let's say thirty thousand is going to be lower middle class. But see now, when I think of sixty thousand, I think of lower middle. I think it's a. I think one. I think it depends on the household income. Like, if you make it sixty thousand, you're single with no kids. That is pretty decent. And let's say you make it sixty thousand, and you with somebody, and they make it another sixty thousand. You have a combined income of one hundred twenty thousand. You could afford to send your child. So to, to me, that's school. middle class. When I think of dual income 60,000 that's middle class to me because like you said at that point I can I can afford to send my kid to Christ the King right. but I feel like 60,000 with a child or 60,000 combined I don't feel like that's 60, middle class with a child is more like 40,000 I feel like that's lower middle class right. that's when I when I think of 60,000 single I think of right lower and middle it makes class. sense because when you file your taxes if you have no kids and you make it 60,000 you're probably getting very little back. They're coming for your coin. Right, either like, either you're getting nothing back or you owe. Or you owe. Right, that might be me this year. Yo. 99 dependents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> but if you have... You know, <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but let's say you have, you know, like... Four kids and you make sixty thousand. Now you consider broke, bro. You're 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 so, broke, bro. You know like, you're you're low you're lower you know, class. Right. So you definitely getting that good up check. I, I guess <laughs> I, I guess you're right. I guess it depends on what the household is looking like. You're right, right. And, and you know it all depends where you live. Like 
Somebody I know has a rent stabilized apartment in Tribeca, and they're only paying twenty three hundred. And that's like amazing. amazing. The new people coming in pay about six thousand. God damn, six thousand a month. They do not own this property. Right. This is rented. They have like eight roommates. Yo, people be sleeping on these people. I'm telling you, when I work for the cable company, people will call us and they'd be like, hey, I want to set up internet in my house. I'm like, yeah, cool, no problem. They're like, so, how many devices can this support? I'm like, well, this can support up to three to four devices. Well, there's about 15 devices in here. Wait a minute. How many rooms are in there? Oh, it's about three rooms. 15 devices, three rooms. That's, let, let's just say for shits and giggles, that's one person per room. That's five devices per room. Let's really talk about this. Oh no, well, it's me and my five other roommates. Oh, that makes sense because all five of y'all got three devices. That makes sense. People be fronting and like, oh yeah, I live on Fifth Avenue. I was in, I was, I remember I was in my hair done. It was a girl talking. She's like, yeah, I live with my roommates on Fifth Avenue. And the hairdresser was like, oh, wow, that sounds very fancy. He, she's like, yeah, you know me and my four other roommates. Huh? <laughs> Kisa? Four other roommates? Nah, sis, I'm straight. Like, let, I, yo. You don't even have that many roommates in college. Like, you don't. That's so crazy. Like, even if you get a suite, you make the most three. Three other girls in that room with you. Four? Says you're pushing it, and if she's saying for other roommates, that's five in total. Facts of life, like, like that's, nah. People don't be understanding, and like, that's in I New York, like it's, it's real. It's really hard, like, and then it's like everything's just getting so expensive, but the income's not matching it, right. like, you know, like. You know, I mean, the minimum wage is going up, but you have. You know, I'm. You know, and I think this is most people who once you graduate from college, I would assume you feel like you're worth more than minimum wage. It depends, uh, but you but know? but we talk about this all the time. It depends on the industry. You have people who spend four to six years in college and think because they got that piece of paper is old. I'm lit. I'm I'm young, black, and litty. And <laughs> to be honest, a lot of people go to school and they get fluff degrees. Like you mm. go to school for. Like physical therapy, and it's like you you spent four years in college at a CUNY or a SUNY for physical therapy. Like, what type of job were you expecting? Like, I feel like people think going to college automatically means I'm gonna be making a hundred thousand dollars a year, and that's not the case. Like, to be honest, any black, any young black and litty people listening right now, take your ass to school for something in the medical field or something in the tech field more likely the tech field because tech is booming stem anything in this that has to do with stem get your degree it's hard it's frustrating but push through because i don't know anybody who went to school for science that or tech and isn't making well over fifty thousand dollars a year and you can do it like you can make it like i feel like we need more of us brown and black people in these spaces like silicon valley is we need our own silicon valley like Mm. period like there's so many black apps and Mm. you know so many black techies like there's a there's actually a convention that comes i don't know if you know about this there's a Mm. convention that comes it's like a black nerd blurred that's what they call a black nerd and it's a blurred convention convention that happens at once every year and it's thousands of people who come from all over the country to come here and you know network 
probably, you know, some shit like that. And they come, they, but they come, you know, from all over the country and they come and they network. And that's another thing people need to understand. You don't go to just, you just don't go to college and you sit there for four years and then you dip and get your paper. Mm-hmm. Network. I don't care if you are an introvert, extrovert, your name is Bert. Just go. Like, please, like, talk to somebody because you never know. Who you are right. going to see again okay, in this I life? You hate group projects. <laughs> like what? You better be in that group. First of all, most of the group projects I've had are the people that I still speak with from college to this day. And I think, uh, uh, you know, also another thing is, you know, let's say, like myself, I'm never gonna be good at science. I don't care if I went <laughs> back to school. Like that's just not gonna be me. I crawled out of biology for non-majors. <laughs> like, to this day, I am shocked that I passed. I and I'm definitely not going to get in the medical field. Because, once again, I'm not good at science. That's... But I feel like, also, even if you're not there, like, confidence and knowing your self-worth is also key. Like, you could have no experience. Let me tell y'all something. Every job I've ever got that I was like happy with the money I made, I lied. Okay, <laughs> my resume is fraudulent. Like yo, it was... I bet you one of your employers will be listening to this. I'm like, oh where? Like you know, like I, you know, I just feel like. I may not know the job, but I know myself. Right. I, one thing I know about myself is I can get along with almost anyone. Even if I, you rub me off the wrong way, I will force myself to, you know, get along with you for work purposes. And because of that, I feel like I can be put in any work situation and excel. And that's right. the other thing. People don't understand that these are important job skills to have. Right. Being able to adapt. If you are, if you know you're someone who grasps concepts very quickly and you're very receptive to change, talk that talk. Like, it don't matter. Like, I went into my current job not knowing a damn thing about Microsoft Excel. <laughs> I put that on my resume. Yup. Not a novice expert. I got in front of that computer and the first thing I was like, nah. But I'm a quick learner and I adapt very, very fast to changing environments. And that is a quality that will help you succeed in life in any any situation you're put in. Like, I don't care if it's picking up cans on the street. Sure. Like, you will, as long as you can adapt quickly and understand concepts very fast, I think you'll make it very far in this world, even if you have no skills. Mm-hmm. As long as you have those skills, those transferable skills. See, that's the thing. People like to put these weird-ass skills on their resume. Like, oh, I know how to count to ten and shit. Nobody fucking gives a fuck. No. You transferable skills like adapt bleh, being able to adapt to certain situations that is a transferable skill because whether you're working in Abercrombie and Fitch folding clothes mm. or you're in office organizing you know organizing papers or you're doing um data entry da- data entry exactly these are transferable skills like these are skills that no matter what environment or situation you're in you can go into that room and say, well, yeah, I have these skills and it can always work for you, period. Like, nobody's going to look at you like, oh, well, you can count to 10, but that's not what we're doing here. Like, we're we're over here blowing up balloons and you're talking about you can count to 10. Like, we don't care about that. But if you say something like, you know, I'm a quick learner or I, you know, I don't 
Like any type of transferable skill, period. Like they'll look at you and they'll be like, you know what? Let's give you a chance. They might not give you a chance if you pigeonhole yourself. People pigeonhole themselves on their resumes. Like me and Danielle were just talking about this. Mm-hmm. You got to have a resume for any type of job you are trying to get. Okay? You want to have a universal resume, but at the same time, you want to have a resume where it's like you could take something from from every type of job that you've ever had and put it onto one resume and it all makes sense and it's cohesive and it works for whatever job you're applying for. Like, people need to stop pigeonholing themselves. And I think also, like, honesty. Like, I apply for this job... And I'm not going to lie to y'all. Like, it says senior level position. I said, huh? <laughs> like, first of all, you know, I was I was not very educated on the type of positions. And I saw senior level and I associated senior with old. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I don't have 10 years of experience doing this. But I was very honest. And I feel like the last few jobs I've you know, been accepted a job offer was because of that honesty. Like, I would tell them, like, listen, oh, what happened at your last job? Listen, my boss was a wildin', and I just didn't feel a communication, and, you know, I want to do this, this, and that, and she wasn't letting me. And then it's kind of like, oh, okay, like, you know, because I think a lot of people, what people fail to realize on the interview is that, they're interviewing you, but no, that's your chance to get to know them that's too. It. Like, you gotta make sure you wanna work for them too. So, like, if I'm telling you why my last job didn't work out, and you know, you come back, oh, okay, that wouldn't happen here because we do this and that. Now we're having a conversation, mm-hmm. we're talking, it's not, it don't even feel like an interview anymore. And I think that's honestly how I've gotten the last few jobs that I have because it, I can't, I honestly don't, it didn't feel like an interview. Like, last interview I was told was like 15 minutes. I got out of there, it was an hour and ten. Because it just turned into a conversation. And I knew, like, all right, I got the job. Like, be, And that's how you should feel leaving an interview, even if you don't get the job. Because an interview is literally like dating. Like, you're not going to get it together unless you go on a few of them. And, you know, once you Ooh, went on, like... I like that! <laughs> you know, like... Ooh. Once you went on a few dates, you're like, uh-uh, I got that! I like and that. And that's exactly how it's going to be. Like, even sometimes, you could be at a job for 10 years. I would randomly apply to a job just to see if I still got it. Because you never know. Like, that job could go under. You out of luck. Your job going strike. Like, and to be absolutely know? honest, that is always my biggest fear with being with a job. Like, even with my job that I have now, like, my job's been around for decades, yeah. but there's always just that, that itch in the back of my mind. Like, what if? And what if? And if that does happen, will I be ready? And that's what keeps me prepared at all times. That's that millennial anxiety. It is. It's, I'm telling you, it's <laughs> that anxiety. Like, I'm, it's, it's sad. But it's true. Like, it's that millennial anxiety. It's like, I'm in my 20s, but you working with people who've been in, this, in certain jobs since in their, they're in their 40s and 60s, ready to retire. And that's the company. Like, the company are these people. So it's like, if they leave, the job might leave. What do I do? So at that point, that's when you got to kind of sit there and be like, okay, let me get my shit together. Let me get on point. So if anything does ever happen, I'm prepared. That's the problem. A lot of people are just not prepared. People spend 15, 5, you know, even 5 years at a job and then shit goes left and then it's like, now what do I do? You know, and it, it's nothing wrong with feeling like that. Nothing wrong with feeling like, you know, what do I do? But I just feel like if you always have a plan B, C, D, like you'll never feel lost. 
and, and it's and, and again, it's nothing wrong with feeling like what do I do, but to be completely lost to the point where it's like you have absolutely no idea what you're gonna do. I feel like as a millennial, we can't we can't do that. Like, see, leave it raise, to the baby boomers. I won't raise my hand for that because I feel like right now I'm at a completely lost state. But you, but I don't I, think you are. I, like you, you say you are. Because I believe that you are your biggest critic. Like, that's just how you are. Like, you are your biggest critic. And that and that's goes for anybody, to be honest. Like, you're always going to be your biggest critic. But you, per se, <laughs> you are your big. Like, you're really in the stands like, boo! Like, you're really in the stands booing the shit out of yourself. And you have absolutely no reason to do that. But... You're so hard on yourself because you, you in your mind, you feel like I can be doing better. But I feel like you can be doing better. You will do better. But just do it. Like, you're the only one kind of, like, stopping yourself. I, I feel like th- this is my biggest issue. I had a lot of sleepless nights about this. <laughs> and I'm that type of person who try to get their life together at 2 in the morning when I start applying a job. Like, who's going to call you back at 2 Now, that's that millennial like, anxiety. Like, know, I need to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and apply for this job. Yeah. But I feel like um, my problem is more that I've been working in the same field for, it's going on six years now. That might not sound like that long, but I've only graduated from college for two. So to still be doing something that I was doing before college to me is a lot because it just started out as a job while I was in college. That's so that's how I look at it. But I just feel like I don't know if that's really what I want to do. And that's fine. But then if that's not what you really want to do, so then what you want to do? And then it's like, I don't know. Like, I, and then I think I've always been this way. Because even when I went to college, I had no idea what I wanted to major in. <laughs> the major, I graduated in media and communication. Let me tell y'all something. I only, gradu- I only chose that major because that major transferred the most. Like, it was nothing else. So, like, that was it. So, I never um, had any other idea on, you know, like, what I wanted to do, and then I just feel like, um, (laughs) I just feel like I just want a job, and I, I don't care what field it is, but I just want a job where I'm happy where I work. Even if I could care less about the work, I want to love the people I work with. Down to the boss, big boss, to my coworkers. But I feel like I, I like the people I work with. Like, I love my bosses. Like, my bosses, like, I work in the most laid-back office that I've ever worked in in my entire life. This is the first job where there's no one micromanaging me. Like, this is my first salary-based job where it don't matter what time I come in or what time I leave, I'm getting paid the right. same money Every damn day, the same every every week, I get the same exact check. There's no like, damn, I gotta make sure I put in these hours because you know, no, it's literally I'm 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 secure. This is the most relaxed office. I like literally made one of my closest friends that there at this job. Like I love my job, but I personally feel like it's not a one cohesive thing where it's like, okay, the money's right, the job's right. Like, I feel like it's always like, if I really like the job, the money's not right. Or if the money's right, I can't stand the goddamn job. Like, 
I like Tom Warner. Like, Tom Warner had... Because the thing about Tom Warner is the pay wasn't great. But at the time, I was single. I had a ch- I didn't have a child. And there were incentives. Like, we had so many incentives. Like, I was getting free cable. I won, my, I won an iPad. Like, people was getting TVs. And if you was a seller, you was, get, you was being able to pay your mortgage. There was no cap. Like, you was able to make whatever the hell you wanted. So, it's like... It's just never... It's never something like, like, it was a point where it's like, I just can't stand being on the phones. Like, I don't want to be here. The job is cool, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to do this. I just never worked somewhere where everything was just right. I think every job is going to be like that unless it's your own. Like, unless, I feel like. But I know people that run their own businesses and then, like, I'm ready to kill myself. Like, it's just, it's, I think it's just rough. I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm, I'm on some, like, you can't have it all, but I would. I per se like I would take not the greatest pay, but I don't mind coming to work because the way I look at it, if you're working full time, you're spending at least between eight to ten hours of your day at this job, not including the travel time. So with that being said, I'm gonna say twelve to fourteen hours of your day is committed to being at that job. That's there's only 24 hours in a day. 12 to 14 hours, like, that's more than half of my day. So, if half of my day is based on coming to this place, I need to be comfortable. Like, and that's how I feel. So, if, if I'm not making ooh-la-la, but I'm happy, then I feel like it will come eventually. No. If it's not... Then I gotta be out. I but. need my shmoney. I need to be comfortable. I just want everything. I just feel like, don't get me wrong. I feel like there's people who make tens of thousands of money and they're fucking miserable. Like I see it. Like we work with some of the biggest law firms in the city, and these these are these are paralegals, not even lawyers. Paralegals that are getting paid like three thousand three million dollars a year, and they are stressed. They're thirty two with no hair cancer like it's just like they're it's good like it's just too much and like i look at that and i'm like damn like in your heart you believe like money will cure all my issues like as a millennial you're like all i need is the bag like all i need I, is the I bag think that's a, like a started from the bottom mentality because your whole life you look at people with money and you just admire them like, wow, I wish I could do this. I wish I could go there. And I notice, like, the older I get, like, I just like making memories. So whether I made that memory spending $10 or I made that memory spending $200, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with not making amazing amount of money. I just want to be comfortable. Like, I just want my bills to be paid and then have side money. But I, I feel know. like I don't think we'll ever be comfortable. That's true. Like I just don't feel like you'll ever be comfortable. Like you're gonna get to a point. Like trust me, yeah. if yeah. you spoke to yourself, like when you like 15, 16, if you talk to your sixteen year old self right now, your sixteen year old self would be like, "Sis, you made it. Like you got a car. You got you making yeah. X amount of money. Like you got your degree. You made it." Yeah. In your mind, you just said it. Nah, I'm lost. I don't know what I want to do with myself. I just I know I need to do something else. But your 16-year-old self would probably be like, oh, sis, you made it because your circumstances were different. Right. I feel like you'll never be comfortable because your circumstances will constantly be changing. But I think, that's a, I think that's a good mentality to have 
because if you're never comfortable, you're always going to work harder for the next thing. I but you're, like, I just feel like you're constantly moving the goalposts. Like, you don't feel that way? Like, you're constantly moving the goalposts. Like, like, like I said, if your 16-year-old self could see you right now, you're the goalpost. But you're, yourself right now at 26, your goalpost is somewhere different. I'm pretty sure your 16-year-old self, you're the goalpost. You got a car. You 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 doing your own thing. You got your degree. You got your money. You you but set. But I think that's fine. Because you got to think about but it. But then you're constantly chasing something. You're going to be chasing some shit for the rest of your life. When do you ever get comfortable? When do you actually sit back and be like, ah, I made it. Like I think when you get... Honestly, Phil, depends where you are. When you, There's some people like... I know some people who they try and try. And it's like sometimes... You really got to sit back and count your blessings. Like, I can be pissed about, like, oh, my gosh, I'm not doing this and doing that. And then sometimes I really got to sit back, like, well, I'm doing this. And that's not something I couldn't even have dreamed of doing five years ago. You literally got to humble yourself. Sometimes twice a week. Yo, (laughs) every day. Like, I know people be sick. Like, I just be like, yo, even though X, Y, and Z went bad today, I'm just trying to stay positive. Like, maybe a couple of, like, two months ago, me, Danielle, and a couple of our friends, we did this vision board thing. And one of my five-year goals for my vision board was to be more positive and to remain more positive. And I just felt like I spent so long being just so negative. And not really looking forward to anything. And it's like, like you just said, I literally wake up every day humbling the shit out of myself. Like, I, I, I like, my, this week, y'all, this week was absolutely terrible. Like, absolutely horrible. But it's Friday, and I have a roof over my head, clothes on my back. I got a job to go to. I'm here with Danielle. It's just like, I have so many things to be thankful for. So even though, you know, shit might have went left this week, right. at the end of the day, I humble myself. I look at everything, and I'm like, you know what? Everything's going to be all right. Period. Like, right. and then there's going to be a whole new week that's going to start, and we're going to move, we're going to go on from there. Like, one thing I've learned is life goes on, like, period, whether you want whether it to or not. Right, whether you're here <laughs> or not, whether you're depressed or not, like, it's up to you to figure out, like, how you're going to live life. And that's, and that's... And that's how I started thinking. Like, a lot of times, you know, I mean, don't take my advice on this, but this is just how I think. Like, when I tell people, like, oh, I I will live today like it's my last, I will. I will definitely have my student loans due and go out to brunch. Listen. Because, listen. Me and Julia have this conversation (laughs) all the time. She's like, Rachel... There were times where I was behind on my rent and I would go get my nails done. Why? Because that $50 is not going to pay my rent, but that $50 will take care of these nails. Just because I might be broke don't mean I got to look broke, okay? I'm going to make myself feel good, you hear me? I was telling you today, I was spending my last on a Starbucks tea. There's that's something absolutely wrong with me. But you know what? It's, the, it's, it's these things that keep us sane. It's these things that keep Sometimes us going. And you need it, especially as a, a young right. black millennial. You need these things to reassure you and let you know, like, okay, I'm I'm good. I'm gonna keep moving. Right. I'm gonna keep going. Cause my my thing is like experience. That's me. Like I would spend my last on experience. Cause no one could take that from you. Right. You could take my job. 
You could take my house. You could take my car. But like, you're you're not gonna take where I've been, what I've seen while I was there, what I've learned. You're never gonna take that away from me. And a lot of people think that way, but some people operate differently. Some people rather work and then do this while they retire. Mm-hmm. That like you know that's how my grandmother was. But then you got some people that's like nope, like. No, nope. I'm a work, pay right. rent, pay my car, no, nope, and, and go, go to Ibiza. Right. Like, <laughs> and I'm gonna go to Ibiza. Okay. And I'm gonna spend my I'm gonna go to Ibiza with two hundred dollars <laughs> and I'ma stretch that two hundred dollars. I have the best I'm time of the my bare life. Minimum. <laughs> but like, you can't say I didn't see Ibiza, like I'll be I at the beach there. the entire time I was there, but I made it. Right. Can't tell me nothing. I got two dollar beta suits from Wish. That's <laughs> <laughs> but I made it. But I'm at Mykonos. Right. Like, trust me. So that's why I was just like, you know, I, I don't like I don't put too much pressure on myself anymore and I know I was, but it's like, you know, sometimes you just gotta be thankful that you even have a job. Like some people complaining about oh my gosh, I'm not making this there are people who are making zero. So you gotta like really humble yourself. Like you was able to pay your bills. Be thankful because there's people who have twice as much bills as you. There are people who have to shake their asses to pay bills. Like this is this is reality. Listen, I don't like, even knock them because they make you know more what than you know what and if it's and it's tax free. You were they got that ten ninety nine. That's <laughs> that's it. You got that contract the tax form. You're good, sis. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like it's really. A struggle, but I just and I the crazy part is the struggle is internal and external. Right. That's that's what it's about. Like I feel like with millennials, it's such an internal and external fight. And it's every no day. book. I feel like people older than us, you know, like going to college was like a woo, but it wasn't a woo woo. Like you know, so <laughs> you amigos, know, right? Like let's let's say you went to the city. You know, you you go to the you got a city job. Like, you know, so many old people, they retire from city jobs. Oh, I put 25 years at Department of Buildings, 25 years at Department of Conservation. And it's like, I feel like millennials, one thing I will say about us is, believe it or not, we know our worth. Right. Two, three years, it ain't, it ain't hitting. I'm out. Like, I could have a city job benefits and all. But if I started at 35000 and five years from now, I'm at thirty-seven thousand. Right. I'm out of here. Talk like, about it. I don't like, care what benefits, because at thirty-five thousand, I probably still qualify for healthcare first. Like, and it's and it's so crazy because you you'll tell the situation to people, and they're like, "Oh, you should be thankful." And it's just like, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like people were coming from different times. Like, you know, putting in twenty years in the eighties. Right. So it's like now you're retiring. This is 2000s, 2010s, and you're retiring. You're like, oh yeah, you can do it. Nah, I can't. I really can't because the cost of living is different. The economy is different. the The housing market is different. Like everything's different. So for you to tell me, oh yeah, just put those 20 years in, and like you said, in two years, if I just went from 35 to 37 in two years, I'm out. I have I, I have no incentives to stay right. here. Like back in the day, maybe that shit was lit for y'all, but. That ain't lit for nobody in this day. And I, I can't. I just can't. I can't. Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to think about it, and it's just. I'm. I really would love to find a job where I could be like, 
the next 20 years, this is it. I haven't found it yet. Like, even when I meet people my age, they're like, yeah, I've been at a job for like 10 years. I'm like, whoa. Like, the longest job I had, I want to say, was two and a half years. And I was like a little youth then. Like, I was seriously like 18, 19 in school so i was gonna keep that job regardless because <laughs> like i was just happy to have a job i'm just happy to be here right i'm, I'm happy to clock in i'm happy to see a time sheet a schedule that's like it. i'm happy to get a uniform like i'm just blessed like that's how I, that's how i felt but I, I don't know it's like the minute i graduated from school my whole mindset changed it's because you stopped looking for jobs you started looking for a career that's but it's what we're taught to do we're not taught to live and just have a job and be at that job for 20 years you're taught to find a career find something in your field that you've obviously went to school for and then excel at that for x amount of years see that's hard because a lot of people go to school but then they don't do what they went to school for like this is probably the closest thing i've done of my major and i've been out of school for two years go for three years like that's very like concerning you're not <laughs> like, concerning you know so i'm just like i don't know it's a struggle it, it is it, it's just a struggle but at the end of the day you know we get through it we keep it moving like that's just how the millennials are like i'm not even gonna lie we are some strong motherfuckers like People try to make it seem like, oh, we so soft and, you know, oh, you have to be so PC around millennials. And it, it's not the case. I just feel like millennials are just not putting up with nobody's bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. that's honestly how I feel. Like, people try to make it seem like, oh, we're so PC. And I don't think it's we're PC. I just think we're tired of the bullshit. Like, there's so many things that people before us put up with for the sake of, like, comedy or the sake of, you know, living and surviving. And we're just not with the shit. It's like, you're not going to put me in this situation and make me feel like I should be thankful for being here. Like, you looking at me and choosing me to be your mate doesn't make me feel like, oh, I'm the chosen one. Nah. Mm. I know my worth. I know what I bring to the table. So for you to look at me and say, oh, you should be you should be thankful I'm even giving you my time and attention. Nah. Mm. None of that. Like, it's, it's, it's more women in the field now than men are. Like, to be honest, there's more women graduates. There's more women mm. running businesses. And it's because we're not out here waiting for no no man no more. Like, don't nobody got time to be waiting for y'all to get y'all shit together. We over here getting our shit together. Hopefully, y'all could bring whatever the fuck y'all got going on over there to our table. And if you can't, move along. Like, beat it. And this it's more opportunity. I feel like, like before, like, a high school diploma was equivalent to what a bachelor's degree is now. So, like... The opportunity, you know, you could have made a decent living for yourself then. And I feel like, I don't know. I Like, I'm, I will keep preaching to the choir with this, but let me tell And I will say this even because I ain't had good grades in college. But, you know, I had them for a few semesters. I be, I crawled out of I crawled out of Old Westbury too. That's how I crawled out of Old Westbury. You know, I would tell you it changed my mentality. It changed how I looked at a lot of things a lot because I'm just like you know, it's it's I don't want to say like you want some oh I deserve some type of respect, but it's kind of like you know when you talk to older people, 
you know, it, it's so easy for them to humble themselves because there wasn't as much opportunity. It was like, exactly. oh, it was you like, had to humble yourself. If you right. were born during Jim Crow, you ain't have a choice right. but to humble yourself. Like, you didn't, like, was a baby bloomer. It was like, okay, even if you was, I don't know, what's that, gener- Generation Y? I don't know, whatever. The people who's like 40 something now. Generation X. To me, yeah. that's your, like 30s and 40s is Generation X. Okay, there you go. Those are the spring break motherfuckers we used to be watching on MTV, <laughs> flashing the camera and shit, girls going wild. Like, that's Generation X. Those are the girl going wild motherfuckers who's 30 years old now looking back at them tapes like, damn, that was me. In Cancun, that was me and Aquamel. That came up on the job interview. Like that came, y'all found that it? came up on Google. Wow, that came up on Google. Y'all yelled me. It's <laughs> like, damn, I quit the kid. Like that's that's Generation X. To me, that generation, uh, yo, I think honestly, I think they had best of both worlds because they had really? an opportunity. They were changing in the world of opportunity. So they had a little more opportunity, but they were also able to fall back on, if I don't want to explore, I could, you know, get my little diploma and give me a good, decent job. That's true. And work it out. I, I feel like that generation is the last of the baby boomers. Right. I feel like that, like the baby they boomers. They had that last ones, mentality. Like, baby boomers was the ones who, well, I graduated the fifth grade. And I became a carpenter and made my own, my own company. Like, and now I run a billion right. dollar company. Like, though, like, that's the last of that breed. Right. Like, the, the Bill Gates. Like, yeah. those people. Those are the people. I didn't go to college, but I run a billion, trillion dollar company. Right. Like, like, wow, sis. That's the last. But with us, I just feel like we absolutely don't even have that kind of, those options anymore. Unless you're just very creative or very smart or you have a very great idea. Other than that, if you're just kind of like in the middle, like swimming in the middle, it is so fucking rough. Like you're not dumb, but you're not like Mensa smart, sis. It, the struggle is fucking real. Like it's it's absolutely real. And like I like I said, yo, mentally, physically, we are just trying to survive. That is about it. It's just difficult. I don't know. I just feel like millennials, like, we do have an advantage, but we was raised by the people who had opportunity versus baby bloomer mentality. So it's also hard because at the end of the day, I could see a million things I want to see. On Instagram, Facebook, seeing people like leveling up. But who am I going to call when I don't know what to do with my life? I'm going to call my parents. And, you know, they're coming from a different time. Even if, you know, you call your grandparents, like, they're coming from a different time. So, the advice they give you may not be what you need because they're not in the same type of time. They literally don't understand the same type of time you're on. And it's very hard to explain to people, sometimes it's hard to explain to other millennials. It, I don't it, even know what I'm there on. It's a it's a constant disconnect, and like you said, it's it's a constant dis- disconnect. Period. Like around the board, like it's it's a constant dis- disconnect between the elders and, like you said, even our counterparts. Like there are people who I have talked to, or there's people I've been in a room with, and they have absolutely no idea what the fuck I'm even talking about. Like I'm talking about the housing market, and they're talking about. What strain of weed they about to roll up. And it's just like, wait a minute. Why are you not even concerned 
about what I'm talking well, about. Well, you said even legal. Like, you know, it's like, why is your biggest concern? Like, it doesn't even go here. Like, I, I, like, why? Like, it's just, it's a constant disconnect. Like, there are, there are so many people where I come to them, and it, it, it might be first world problems. Like, people like to say shit like that. Oh, it's first world problems. It's millennial problems. But it's real problems that we face every fucking day, and it's hard to try to explain that to everyone. It's hard to explain that to your parents or your grandparents or even your fucking friends and your significant other. Like, right. the person you lay in bed with might not even understand where the fuck you're coming That's from. True. And it's just, it's so hard. Like, period. Like, it's just hard. But, you know, you, you just, you gotta keep going. Because, like, like I said earlier, life goes on. You cannot just stop. You can't just sit there. But I do understand why a lot of people in our age group suffer from mental health issues and you know i feel like 90 percent of the millennials experience anxiety mm. at least once a day like you are you have an anxiety attack i'm gonna like, say 99.9 like 99.99999 like 99.99999 with the ball over the nine <laughs> experience some type of anxiety it might be a small like you know it might be light anxiety it could be medium. It could be that that real shit like and that. Anxiety what is going to happen to me levels. tomorrow? Yeah, because it's not even like anxiety, which is life. You got anxiety with social media. Facts. Like, you could be feeling good. You feeling great. You like, oh, I'm looking good. <laughs> and then you post a picture, and that picture only get twenty one likes, and you like, what? <laughs> Like, but the bitch look so, but the bitch like a moose. Right. Got six hundred and fifty five thousand likes and you're like, wait a oh wait a minute. Right. You're like wait, what's going Sis on? With no like no brains, nothing going for themselves, sixty K burnt getting hair sent to them and it's like, wow, I'm still paying for hair. <laughs> I'm still trying to scrumble up coins. Just to get the sale. I'm still getting that Express bundle. Right. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm st- trying to catch the 11-11 world loss. <laughs> Yo, stop. <laughs> I, I need that 30% that Cardi be talking about for Fashion Nova. Right, like, and bitches getting clothes sent to her from boutiques from right. Paris. Like, you're, you're like, oh, like, wow. I, I, that is another thing like that really like messes with your head. Because, first of all, it makes you feel some type of way. Like, oh... I'm not dressing like this. I'm not keeping up. Like, that's one thing that like, I had to realize myself. I don't like. I ne. I never liked skirts and dresses, but I would just wear them. Bitch, you a man? I don't know what you're talking about. You chatting? I would just wear them, but now I'm really like, no. But it's like hard to you know when you see that you you finally do. Let's say I finally wore a dress. I post a picture like popping out, and it get eleven likes. Yo, I'm out. And now I got someone who's not even wearing a dress with a hundred and fifty k. Are you kidding me? Like it's just it like trust me. We're gonna get into some things when we go on into this podcast and different episodes. We're definitely gonna talk about social media and the link to mental health and social media because it's a big thing and. You have a lot of people, you know, you look in the media and you're like, oh, Kanye's crazy. Kanye's losing his mind. And, and mm-hmm. you have people, like, you know, who literally depend on social media to to live. Like, people who make their living on social media. People who depend on, and it's not even just financially, but people who depend on it emotionally. Mm-hmm. People depend on it m- mentally. Like, people take, like you just said, people are offended when they put yeah. some shit up. 
It, it'll be like I'll delete the it'll post. be it'll be dinner time, six o'clock. You know, people are just scrolling through their phones, and you get a calm twenty two likes on your picture. You legit feel away, and it's like that. People don't understand how that ties into your psych. Yeah. People don't understand how that really affects <laughs> how that really affects you. Like you might delete the picture, but after you delete that picture, you don't feel better. You still feel like shit because it's still like damn. Right, I but still I'm just got saying 21. the fact that I even deleted the picture is a problem. <laughs> like because you only got twenty likes, right? Like, it does. It shouldn't matter because you like. It's like it feels like you're no longer posting for yourself, but you're posting for others. But that's just, that's that's honestly life. Period. Like you don't like a lot of people don't get oh, into. Like, you don't have nothing on your face. I was oh. just pointing to my brain. Like yo, you that. yo, give me up. <laughs> but um, I just felt like that's that to me. That's life. Period. Like even outside of social media. Like mm-hmm. I I used to say this to my boyfriend all the time. I'm like yo, you dress for other guys, and he you know he you know how he take it. Like yo, I ain't gay. Like what you talking about? But it's the truth. Like, and even girls, we dress for other girls. Like, I don't oh, dress for no men. Like, I have been on the streets looking like Wanda from Holiday Heart. And someone has been in my face talking about, yo, what's good? And I'm like, not a damn thing is good. I don't feel good. I don't look good. Get away from me. But It's raining. When I just, <laughs> I'm legit standing in a puddle right now. You're trying to talk to me. Like, get away from me. <laughs> but there are times where it's like, I've dressed up, gotten a compliment from a dude, and I'm like, oh, thank you, but, but if a girl comes girl up to me and she's right. like, yo, sis, where'd you get that from? I'm like, hey, you know, girl, like, <laughs> yo, I'm giggling, I'm <laughs> blushing, like, and it's a whole female telling me this, and I'm like, yes, sis, like, all right, we, we here, and it's like, we don't dress for, like, ourselves anymore, we really don't, like, if you say that shit, you're a liar, your Instagram is a liar, like, you're a liar, just like it's it's human nature at this point like you just you you don't do anything for yourself anymore you don't even have the job that you have for yourself mm-hmm. anymore like you have the job to say well this is how much i'm making when you're in a conversation full of people right. it's like well i make seventy thousand dollars a year what do you make peasant right. like you know you don't you don't you don't you don't drive a beamer for yourself like right. do you, you know really the maintenance it. for a beamer like it's disgusting like the, the uh, oil change, $200. You're telling me you're paying that $200 for yourself? Nah. You're paying that $200 in an oil change so you can ride around and be like, yeah, bitch, I got a Beamer. What's good? Right. You're on the bus. I'm splashing slush on you in the wintertime in New York. It's all on your Tims. You're tight. And I'm in this warm-ass fucking Beamer with the heated seats, sis. You're mad. So, that, that, that's just life. But no, we're def- like I said, we're definitely going to get into these things when we talk about in these later episodes for the podcast like we're definitely going to get into these things it's so many things to talk about that nobody likes to talk about like even you know regular podcasts that we listen to every day and different radio shows they don't touch on these issues like these specific issues and these specific things that we be going through our minds like all the time so we're definitely about to wrap this up so i mean we hope you enjoyed this. Like, we hope you guys really like the podcast. And if you have any suggestions on any topics that you'd like us to talk about, please reach out. Um, we'll have an email link below. But definitely, like, you know, keep listening. We really did hope you enjoy. And you got something yes. to say? Yes. I really don't have nothing to say. <laughs> but you're... <laughs>
Bye, yo. I'm out. No, just um, yeah. You know, I hope you guys enjoyed us. It's just gonna be more that you know. Just listen. Keep tuned for next week. We try to put content out every week, so just keep in touch. You know, that's all. I don't really have anything else to say. Right, we out. Later.